fight night, baby. Welcome into Tapped Out here on the BetQL Network. The first pay-per-view of the year from Anaheim, California, UFC 270. At the top, Surreal Ghan, undefeated, going up against former training partner Francis Ngannou. We're breaking it down. We're talking all the numbers. And I got Brendan Tobin down in Miami with me. Sean Levine here in Kansas City. Speaking of numbers, Brendan, both these guys at least six foot three. Both these guys at least two hundred and fifty pounds. Both these guys with at least an eighty plus inch reach. By the way, coming up in like yeah, call it 10, 15 minutes. Only the voice of the UFC, John Anik's going to stop by. Tapped out. But right now, I want to talk to my guy, Brendan Tobin, where this is a very even fight on paper. As far as the odds go, you can get plus money on Francis Ngannou. You don't say that very often. You can get plus 120 on Nganu. You can get minus 142 on Gan. Brendan, your early thoughts. Uh, I, I'm, a little, I, I'm a little surprised that when I look at it, I see a guy who has just been on such a dominant run as Francis has been on. And Cyril Ghosn being so new to the scene that people have that much faith in him. Uh, I, I thought that it was a little bit more even. Like when it was kind of just pick him in that kind of realm, I was like, okay, you know, he's undefeated. He's got some, he's, he's definitely well-rounded. I can see it. But I think people have just, I think, bought into a lot of the out of the octagon stuff with Francis. It's definitely bothered, I think, uh, some people on having faith. It feels like he's looking ahead almost like he doesn't even want to be in the UFC anymore, even in some regards. So, I think that's probably where that comes from. But man, you know, like rewatching some of his performances going into this weekend and just seeing how dangerous he is, especially after the the losses to Derek Lewis and to Stipe. I mean, he's just, it's so scary betting against a guy who can just change everything with just one shot and not even like his best shot, like a mediocre shot and it changes things. So I, I'm a little, I'm, you know, I, 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 I it's part of me that's surprised. It's part of me that's not surprised. But I, I, I stare at. I'm just like, man, he's 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 the heavyweight champion of the world, and he's an underdog going into tonight. Crazy, which is crazy because just two weeks ago we were doing the show talking about how even they were. They were both minus one oh eight. And again, as of right now, you can get Ngannou at plus one twenty. You get Ngannou at minus one forty two. I don't know if it's as much of what you were saying the outside noise with Ngannou. I certainly think that factors in BT. I think it's that people are sold that this guy gone might be something special and this might be the beginning of it like you want people to recognize he was the baddest man on the planet the way to do that is to win tonight against Francis Ngannou yeah there's no doubt about that I mean like look he doesn't he doesn't look like a guy who has a lot of weaknesses and especially this is a division where most of the guys have holes and he just looks like a guy who's just good at everything he's light on his feet he's got an awkward stance he's fast he's good with his kicks he you know I don't want to say he's like John Jones esque because I don't think he's as freakish with that like reach, you know, alien style. But like he is just he moves so light on his feet. I think the thing that's a little bit different though that he has that he didn't have against the other matchups against like Rosenstrike and he doesn't have against Derek Lewis is you know Derek Lewis I think is is always comfortable waiting back trying to lure somebody in. That's not Francis's style. Francis is a bulldozer. Like he's gonna come forward. And how does and I and I just can't imagine that he's gonna take a step back on Cyril gone. So what is Cyril going to be like in that regard where he's not exactly comfortable? He can't do that light stuff. We saw in a couple exchanges with Derek, like he kind of, his strategy was, I'm just going to get the hell out of there. A la like yeah. Alexander Gustafson against John Jones. Like that's how he went about it. Um, but you know, this is, uh, this is not Gustafson coming at him. This is a, a, a freakish freakish, uh, hitter in Francis. 
All right, so I can't tell which way you're leaning. You got a good poker face so far. Brendan Tobin and Miami Sean Levine here in Kansas City. It's tapped out on the BetQL Network. It's fight night, UFC 270 right around the corner. Do you think that you know, Brendan, the way the fight's going to finish? Because when it comes to Cyril Gaon, I was looking at the way he finishes fights. Three times it's gone to the cards. A couple of times knockout, a couple of times by submission. When it comes to Nganu, besides a couple of times it's gone to the cards, you talk about that streak he's been on. He's not just winning. He's knocking people out and knocking people out violently. So before you tell me which way you're leaning, do you think you know how the fight's going to end? Well, it's tough because this is a division where like anything can change really quickly because of how big they are. I know which way I think I'm leaning. Yeah, I, I, I mean, like, I, I really like Francis. Like, I just, I, I think that he is, uh, he's getting in some ways disrespected. And I think some of that is his own doing. Just Do you like Francis? The- Do you, is the, is the main reason you like Francis and Ghana tonight? And this is not a bad line of thinking. And I cut you off because it's an important one. Is it because you're getting the money on him? Is that why you've convinced yourself to take Francis that, it's, that it should be even money? And so you're taking the guy that's the underdog because you can get more money on him. Is that your main line of thinking? I got to be honest with you. It's not. Like, honestly, really? if you told me that Francis was favored in this one, I'd still bet him. Like, I, I just feel like looking at this, yeah, it's a bonus that I'm getting him as an underdog. But I just, this run's been crazy that he's been on. He's so scary. And you go, and he's been, in, and he's done it against guys that, you would think would be nightmare matches for him, Curtis Blades, and you know guys as Stipe who beat beat him down once, and and just you know he looked he there was so much maturity with him in that last fight, and we're acting like that fight was ancient. It wasn't that long ago. It's just crazy that they threw another interim title fight in between. I feel like if anybody's gotten the more favorable matchups lately, it's probably been a guy like Gon who really hasn't been around there, well rounded and all that type of stuff. So I uh, I just like I, you know I just think that for for Gon. Even though he knows Francis a lot, this might be a little bit too like uh, this might be his moment. Like when when Francis took on Sipa, I think like we're gonna learn about a lot, a lot about Cyril tonight. And uh, and and but for me, I'm I'm rolling with the actual champ, not the interim champ. Did you love that press conference as much as I did? Like the way that they looked at each other and the accent both those guys have. Like when Cyril said Francis, and then when Francis said back Cyril. Like I thought there might be a language barrier thing because we also had the Figueredo and Moreno up there trading jabs. That was awesome. To me, it was obviously the best press conference of 2022. Thank you, Captain Obvious. I think it's the best one we've seen in a long time, man. I love that last night. It was been, there's a lot of drama between both of these guys. Like we talk about, you know, the flyweights have drama. These guys have drama. How many times do you see in a media week? You have the coaches getting interviewed by people. Like everybody wants to know the backstory. There's so much juice uh, to the story. And like, this is all in a fight that probably could end in 30 seconds, or maybe we'll go five rounds. You know, that's the thing that's fun about it is I think that Francis is going to win in 30 seconds, but look, maybe gone is durable as hell and and he keeps it going. And, and look, that's, that's the other thing I, you go into this fight. Like, I think if Francis wins, he's got to win it in two rounds. And I think with 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 Cyril, he is a guy who feels like he has more ways to victory. I acknowledge that, but I just have more faith that Francis is always going to find that key to victory. This is crazy, dog, because you and I were both kind of on the fence going back and forth. And now that we're here at fight night a few hours away, well, several hours away, this thing's going to be late on the West Coast. It's like you're leaning heavy in Ganu. I'm leaning heavy gone. Let's move on to the flyweight championship of the world the third time we're going to see it you can get brandon moreno at minus 174 you can get davison figueredo 
at plus 146. Back to that press conference, man, Figueredo looked all kinds of levels of big mad and shook and almost on a Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier. He, and I don't know necessarily if he's lost confidence in himself or he's lost confidence in the octagon or if I'm just looking at it the wrong way, but you want to talk about my confidence level right now in Moreno at minus 174. He should be minus 300. These uh, Very rarely do I give you a Levine's lock where I'm sure that's what's going to happen tonight. I don't know exactly when it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen, but Brandon Moreno is going to beat Davidson Figueredo tonight. Yeah, we're, we're split on the first fight, but this one I agree with you. Uh, and even going back and like just watching the first fight, you know, Davidson got his hand raised, and yeah, maybe it was because, you know, he had the low blow, it took a point away, but that was a very close fight. It was not a dominant performance from him. Uh, you know, probably you could say the fifth round was the, the least from Brandon. Maybe he had an injury in that last round, but he, I, the one thing that it, it's tough is like people look at Davidson Figueiredo and they, they almost look at him like he's a flyweight Francis and Ganu, but he's really not like, you know, he hits hard. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think yeah, that. Say, Brandon Moreno say that would, to, hey, tell Joe B that tell Joe B that he's not that guy. Okay. Just... But yeah, but like I looking back, like his, his recent knockout wins, Joe, Joseph Benavides is retired. You know, you know, the, uh, John Moraga, the last time I saw John Moraga, I saw him at hard rock stadium on the Canelo card. He was boxing, you know, okay. Joe Morales, not in the UFC, Marco Beltran, not in the UFC. Like, you know, he's got some highlight knockouts, but he's all, listen, he's also a very good submission artist. I think the thing that's, that stands out to me, honestly, is he's plus 750 by submission. And like I, that gap between submission and KO is kind of weird to me because he's only plus 460 with KO. Because I feel like if if any way he's going to win, I feel like it almost has to be a Moreno mistake where he gets into one of those dangerous guillotines that he can lock into. Because I'm with you. I think Moreno's taking his best shot. I love Moreno's boxing skill set. I think that he is he's a, he, he'll throw more punches. So I feel like the only way that he wins is like by a mess up and he slips into some kind of submission. We'll talk about it with the voice of the Octagon. John Annick coming up. Actually, I guess technically the voice of the Octagon is Bruce. The voice of the UFC, John Annick, joining us coming up in less than 10 minutes right here on the BetQL Network. We'll talk about this fight and the rest of the card with the voice of the UFC. I want to stay on this one for just a minute. It almost feels like we've seen the best of Davison Figueredo, and if he wins tonight, then he can just throw that right back in my face and say, I'm the guy that wears the belt. What's this guy talking about? If I and, and maybe I'm wrong. I've been wrong before, twice in my life. When it comes to Brandon Moreno, if he wins, I feel like he's borderline superstar level where he's got that whole Mexico champion connection. He's a real emotional guy. He's very, very likable, kind of a nerd. So it relates to like not just us UFC honks, but to everybody. I think that, and he's a flyweight. Like, when's the last time we saw, if ever, a flyweight that resonated with the fans like that? I think this is the one that takes him from being what I would call a star to the complete next level when it comes to Marina. Well, the thing that's interesting is he's got this whole uh, beef going on now with Henry Cejudo. You know, they used to be you know, for, so such close friends, and now it's gone the opposite direction with that. And so now, you know, we feel like we've been talking about Triple C a lot in the storylines the next week, which he, which he probably loves. But then, yeah, you're thinking about, well, could Brandon Moreno maybe lure him out of retirement? Would, would Henry want to go down all the way back down to flyweight to do some kind of a matchup? But, yeah, this is definitely he, – he has just a genuine quality about him. Like, it just feels like the passion that he has when he wins. How can you not – how can you not fall in love with that, though, the way he was weeping after that? He, he won the belt, but he's also a badass fighter, man. Like, he just – like, he, he is he, – he'll take some tough shots. You know, both fights he had bad injuries on his eyes. He was able to weather that. 
and still go and get the win. Like, how do you how do you not uh, uh, adore that when you're watching a guy go out there and put everything on the line? You know, he's a badass fighter. Like, he should change his nickname to this is Michel Piero, where you can get him at a minus 295. So you're going to have to pay for it against Andre Fialo tonight. He's at a plus 240. Three fight winning streak for Piero. And you want to talk about an exciting fighter? You want to talk about a, if, if there was a bet, what's going to be the fight of the night? Anytime this guy's involved, that feels like a pretty safe bet, BT. It does. I will say doing a backflip off the scale is wildly stupid. Like, save that for the <laughs> octagon. What if he slips? Like, first of all, he didn't even land the backflip. Like he, he, he like he kind of landed the backflip and then did the uh, the Power Rangers flip up thing. You turned you know. into your father, buddy. Like, are Dude, you kidding come me? Come on, you you're, you're on a scale. What are we doing Back here? In my day, we just step right off that scale and walk in the snow. What are you talking about? That was great. No, 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 no. It's not. It's not. It's it's great because he. It's great because he's not injured. But like, if all of a sudden we don't have that fight now, this card is looking even a little bit uh thinner as far as name recognition is concerned after the two main events. Like. Uh, you know, but like that—that that is what makes him a fun fighter. He goes out there, he does the wild stuff. He's actually been a little bit more controlled, uh, especially during this win streak. You know, he would do some crazy stuff and then almost like wipe his gas tank out. So I do think that we're seeing some maturity from him. Uh, from Fialo's standpoint, like, look, he comes from a good gym, Sanford MMA down here, that Henry Hoof camp. Uh, he's on a four-fight win streak. He's beaten some former UFC guys in that run. Um, it's a big ask. He took this fight on. 11 like 11 days no he took it on a week's notice then they ended up kicking it down a week uh because of covid protocols but um you know that's that's a tough ask you're like hey ufc debuts in 10 days go get him just around the corner john annick's gonna join us here on tapped out on the betql network we're giving you all the numbers for ufc 270 tonight in anaheim at the top of the card in ganu versus gone the co-main moreno and figueredo another one the bantamweights go at it bt cody stamen at plus 160 you want to talk about a guy that needs a win man we were talking about the vanilla gorilla last week it didn't work out too well for him man this guy might be on the chopping block and i like stamen because you look at his losses so he's lost three of four but it's come to marab devalishvili jimmy rivera who's always game and song Yadong. like he's not losing the bad dude Dude. So, and, and if you want to throw the Aljo fight in, that makes it four or six losses for him. So, and he's going up against Saeed Nurmagomedov, who's not related to Khabib, and it feels like you're paying for that. I don't want to be too like corny with it, but if you have that last name, which by the way is like Smith over where they come from, at minus one ninety, like I don't know, doesn't doesn't it feel like because your name Nurmagomedov, you got to tack on an extra fifty, even if you're not related to Khabib? Uh, I think, yeah, like, listen, it's good on him that he gets to, he gets to rock that name. I think Cody Stavon yeah, even said great. this week, he goes, listen, I don't care if you say he's not related to Khabib, I'm going to run with it. it. You know, if that's, that's what you do. If you go beat him, you say, yeah, I beat Intermaga made off one day. Sure. Um, there's a really stacked division too, you know? So you talk about the guys that he's lost to. It's not an easy division, you know, when you're a guy like Cody Stavon, like you're going in there and you're taking on the who's who, and it's just so talented. One thirty five. Um, you know, but that being said, like Saeed is, he's got a very good record. He's coming off of a win. He's probably feeling himself a little bit more going into this one. Should it be that much lopsided? Maybe not. I think that, but you're right though. You look back and you see where Cody's at in his career. It's a very big, you know, it could be a desperation fight for him. There's a Nurmagomedov on every corner in Dagestan. I'm telling you, Brendan Tobin down in Miami, Brendan Tobin, Nurmagomedov is actually his full name. I'm Sean Levine here in Kansas city coming up next. You know, the name John Anik. The voice of the UFC joins us here on Tapped Out. You're locked in to the BetQL Network.